Hey, listeners. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a great start. God, I suck. Hey, listeners. Eat your child and celebrate with a hunt, because today we're discussing Rick and Morty Season 3, Episode 9, The ABCs of Beth. Before we begin, I just want to mention that there may be spoilers for any episode up to and including this one. So, if you haven't seen the episode yet, to the victor go the spoilers. And with that, let's get started. I'm Joe Nemitz. I'm Brandon Gale. And I'm Toby Byrne. Today we have two guests related to Toby, but they do not have the retard genes. They are... I'm Saul Muscatel. And I'm David Lieber. What's up? We're Toby's cousins. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks. Thanks. And I think we do actually probably have a little bit of the retard gene. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just me. My condolences. (laughs) I just want to take this opportunity to thank Toby for letting us come on the podcast and saying that I'm awesome on the previous podcast. But I also want to say... uh, Stuff you to Joe Nemitz uh, for basically calling me a method as well. Subsequently, <laughs> after he said that, so <laughs> I completely forgot suck. I did that. We don't forget in Australia. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have kept that a secret. I apologize. First, let's go into what you guys think of the episode. I personally, um, I'm going to be the bad guy in all this. Uh, it's probably my second least favorite out of all the three seasons. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've got a lot on there that, that I'd really Got critique. a lot of beef, you know. Yeah. It sounds like the way that I think that Family Guy and The Simpsons have started to, it's just with certain jokes and so on, that they talk a lot rather than show a lot. Hmm. Except for the demonstration bit, that was showing enough. <laughs> By the way, sorry if I legit offended you with the uh, method. That's all good. In my defense, I didn't realize you'd listened. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty shitty defense. That's pretty much our only defense. (laughs) Going back to our thoughts on the episode, I've been waiting for this episode for a very long time to explore Beth's relationship with her father as opposed to what Beth is pretending to do. I thought it was kind of funny that the theme of the episode where they explore the relationship between Beth and Rick centered around bestiality and eating your children and cannibalism. Okay, let's talk about this. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what are we not going to talk about this? Yeah, we can talk about bestiality now. It's fair game. (laughs) Okay, I'll expand on what I think Dave was saying about the episode being shitty. I didn't think that the plot of this episode was that interesting like it wasn't a fun action-packed Rick and Morty adventure I thought the jokes were pretty strong the whole bit about Thomas Middleditch the guy who played Tommy growing up to be a cannibal when his dad was convicted of being a cannibal I thought that was pretty funny but it definitely an episode with some strengths but definitely some weaknesses I gotta say I agree with you on the plot front It felt very loose, and I didn't quite buy everything. I can't put my finger on it, but there was some stakes that were missing. Beth didn't really have a reason to go into Fruity Land, and when she goes into Fruity Land, her ultimate response is just murder everybody. It wasn't the initial response, to be fair. Her initial response was just to claim that she was innocent and refused to apologize. I absolutely, as I was watching the episode, felt something was missing from the plot. That being said, I'm all about character development, and we sure as shit got it in this one. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we've been kind of after this whole season is just now that Beth and Jerry are no longer together, let's get some Beth. Did this one have to be a filler episode, I guess? Do you think we need one or two of these a season just to sort of catch up and bring us up to speed after all the adventure ones? That's a good question. I feel like it's very possible to do both. Like, the last episode of the second season is probably a good example of that, where it felt pretty adventure and the stakes were high, but it also definitely had some interesting character development and plot development of the overall show. This was just weird for Rick and Morty to have an episode 
episode like this in this place because this is the penultimate episode of the season. For season one, that was Close to Rick Counters of the Rick Kind, where we were introduced to Eyepatch Morty and shit got real really fast. And in season two was the Purge episode. Both fantastic episodes the placement of this episode compared to like previous seasons it's very weird just like their placement no i think they're maybe trying to sort of build it up for the next episode you know they're just sort of taking it a bit slow try and make the next one way more actiony and get everyone sort of excited for the next one so the next one seems a bit more wow i definitely have high expectations for the finale episode of this season so having watched this one and not really thinking it was that great unfortunately if they don't really deliver something amazing in the next one i, I might end up being pretty disappointed for the finale it'll probably make it seem like the next one's so much better also a bit of context for everyone this episode was written by mike mcmahon who also wrote the rick shake redemption total rick all something ricked this way comes what was something ricked this way comes oh that was the devil the right? devil we have talked about before how his episodes he either hits really hard or misses really hard i mean it's a team effort on all of them there's someone who spearheads it in the writing process like pickle rick was spearheaded by jessica gow then was turned over to the rest of the team for their input. That's how the process works. But in any case, everything on his list of episodes seems to be a hit or miss episode. Mostly hits, in my opinion. Yeah, and this one was funny. I really enjoyed the ride. There's definitely plot elements that could have been improved. There was definitely something that didn't feel quite believable about it. What, you mean the imaginary world full of gene-spliced imaginary creatures with human DNA who are being eaten for survival by their father? That's not believable to you? That is perfect believable to me within the confines of Rick and Morty. But what wasn't believable to me is Beth's reaction. She wants to go there and then she thinks that they need to save him, but she forgot all about Fruity Land somehow and it was just weird to me. Do you remember all the things that you made up when you were a kid? No, but she didn't make it up. Yeah, but she didn't know that. What was your guys' joke of the episode? Pretty much at the start, when Summer and Morty walk into Jerry's place, uh, they say it's all clean. Summer's just like, wow, your place looks way less like a crack house. And then Morty goes, it's actually clean, like a cocaine house. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. When Mr. Goldenfold in the classroom, it just starts off with him saying, and that's why one pussy plus two pussies makes a bunch of pussies. Come on, y'all, I'm trying to make appealing to your sex addiction lifestyles. That was a funny So joke. random. There was also, haha, you have to leave school. Wait, what are my values? <laughs> Dave didn't like that one. He actually hated that one. I thought that one was a bit like Family Guy. They really kind of explained the jokes. No offense, if you thought it was funny, I think a lot of people do think it was funny. But um, on The Simpsons, there's something where Bart gets taken out of class and Nelson laughs at him and Bart says, enjoy school. And Nelson's like, huh, huh? So that one was kind of shown a bit more rather than saying, hey, what are my values? It's like, yeah, we got it you could just show a kid being upset that morty's leaving or maybe have him jump out the window or something you know do something crazy like that i get that one of my professors told me that the reason that he hates family guy is it's not jokes it's just a string of punchlines <laughs> and that kind of played into it just like oh we'll just give you the punchline we won't show you the joke that leads up to the punchline agreed that is a very good way of describing it that is why i don't like family guy my joke of the episode did kind of fall into the meta category which was don't jump a gift shark in the mouth. I didn't even get that one. It was just a combination of don't look a gift horse in the mouth and jump the shark, but I don't quite get how the two relate. He's saying don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Just take what I'm offering you if you want it. Don't question it. But 
jumping the shark is a reference to happy days where in like the third season Fonzie in order to win a bet needs to jet ski over a shark and it was the moment that everyone who liked the show knew that it was doomed and it became the expression jumping the shark so what they're implying was that what they were doing with this episode was sealing their fate <laughs> I didn't quite see it that way I think that opens up a whole new plot line possibly I just like the idea of Beth in that I find it interesting for her to be a character who idolizes a man who doesn't exist and now that she has him back she's realizing that he's kind of a piece of shit. I think my favorite joke was either Isaac as a whole or the sentient switchblade because it's so happy to see Beth. Hey Beth, have you gotten taller? Can we keep stabbing? <laughs> Which by the way implies that she has stabbed before many times. Problem? <laughs> no, no problem at all. Maybe it's not very sharp. <laughs> it seemed like it was. <laughs> yeah, it cut through those fruity characters like butter. Well, that being said, they are the product of incest on incest on incest, so their skin might be as fragile as tissue paper. I would think that they'd just be sort of hulky, gorilla-like creatures, but then again, I don't know anything about genetics or incest. I especially don't know anything about imaginary genetics. But you do know about imaginary incest? Um, uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> hey, did you enjoy walking into that one? I didn't see it coming at all, honestly. <laughs> So my joke of the episode with the bubble gun and they're just like, there's no air in there. And then it just stops it. You know, and, just and then you just kind of wonder how long were they transported for? How long did they have to hold their breath for? Like, how did it get there? And this bubble, how does the bubble know where to go? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, how does it know when to pop? Can they not pop it in the air if it meets a sharp object on the way? Are they just going to fall in the middle of the air? What if a bird hits it at a wrong angle? Exactly. You know, what if a bird craps on it? Can you then not see through it? Well, that would be a lot of crap. Could be an eagle, I don't know. <laughs> you care way too much about this bubble gun. Maybe it means that Jerry lives like a maximum of a two-minute bubble float away in a straight line from the house. So that means the main hooker drag in town is two miles as the crow flies from where Morty and Summer are growing up? Yeah. All right, Toby, you're up. My joke of the episode was probably when Beth went to Fruppyland for the second time, and Tommy's just like, oh, hi, I'm making dinner, and by making dinner, I mean... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that was a good one. Also, shout out to Doodoo Butt, the fucking folk song that started playing when... I had that song stuck in my head all day yesterday, and I couldn't sing it because people would look at me funny. Man, sounds like Tommy really didn't understand how sex worked. And that's true of a lot of kids. See, if you're a parent, it's very important to have a sex talk with your kids, but sometimes you don't quite understand how best to talk to them. Sometimes you're just really awkward about it. So if you don't want to have a sex talk with your kids, well then we have a product for you. It's called the... Um... Talk... Book. Presented to you by Unlicensed Sex Therapists, Incorporated, this book is guaranteed to inform your child all about sex in just as awkward a manner as you would inform them. This book contains scripted talks for any gender of parent to say to any gender of child. Allow me to read you an excerpt from the father-to-son talk. Um, er, you see, when a man loves a woman, well, that's not entirely true. When a man is attracted to a woman, well, no, sometimes you're really drunk. When a man and a woman decide to, um, uh, make love, the man takes his pee-pee and puts it in her hoo-ha. 
Now, when you try to find her hoo-ha, you will miss at least three times, and this is a very important part of making love. After you have missed at least three times, you will eventually find your way into her hole. It's uh, very important that you use protection, but um, I don't really want to explain that part to you, so I'll just leave protection open to your imagination. It's, uh, it's not a suit of armor. I've made that mistake before, but, you know... Figure it out. This book contains a multitude of speeches to awkwardly describe every sexual act under the sun. It is guaranteed to be presented in such an awkward manner that your children will know they need to be ashamed of their sexual urges. So by now, it's very important that your children don't make the same mistakes you made, i.e. having children. We all make mistakes. For instance, I accidentally deleted the original audio for this ad and had to recreate it from memory by myself. So Dave had a question last night that came up as we were just talking on the phone, and it was, is Beth as smart as Rick? This is actually semi-related to my question, is Beth as psychotic as Rick? Ooh, deep. I think she is, like, 75% as smart, but Rick being as smart as he is, 75 is a significant chunk. She is a person who got pregnant too early, and it prevented her from reaching her potential. They've outright said that several times in the show. So then she's really falling a slave to all of her emotions and stuff, which maybe Rick is now just coming to terms with. But at the same time, Beth hasn't really shown so much. I mean, she even complains that she couldn't just make it to regular medical school, but she became a horse surgeon instead. And there's nothing that's really shown how creative she is. And for someone that is so smart to then be taking so long to realize lessons that Morty is learning from almost episode one just kind of makes you think if she's that smart, then that's really limited in the confines of all the emotional crap that's going on in her head. It's kind of a waste. What you said there, that Beth should be higher up in the societal food chain I'm not quite sure how to phrase it. I was thinking emotions really do fuck with your intelligence because you're so busy with your emotions that you simply don't have the energy to reach your full potential. So it could be that she's been emotionally really fucked up from the beginning. Maybe. I mean, she was definitely with Rick to the extent that he was able to make a lot of toys for her and make a whole land for her, which in some ways feels like it should contradict itself, where it's like, oh, Rick was so bad, he was never really with Beth. At the same time, he's done so much for her. Wouldn't someone notice that someone's hand made them at least 20 toys, plus a whole dreamland, which they can somehow repress for at least 30 years? At the same time, maybe it's only once you accept that nothing matters that only then can you start using your brain's full potential. I don't know, maybe that's what they're trying to say. Sorry, pretty deep. <laughs> no, no, that's... I like it deep. I'd tie it back... Ouch. I'd tie it to uh, the... <laughs> Sorry. He likes going deep. Uh, <laughs> incest joke too, you sick fuck. <laughs> Why did you... No! It wasn't before, but it is now. <laughs> I don't um, like going deep in the family tree. I just like going deep in the anus was the implication. We're not worried about you having sex with the tree, Joseph. Well, good, because... Uh, Toby, don't touch the tree by your house. <laughs> it's mine. I tie the idea of once you've accepted that the universe means nothing, you become even smarter to like the difference between intelligence, knowledge, and know-how. Intelligence being aptitude at adapting to situations, knowledge being things that you know, and know-how of just like street smarts. And I think that Rick just has a lot more of an accumulated knowledge base. But I think ability to process the world around them, he and Beth are on relatively similar planes, at least based 
based on this episode. What struck me as unrealistic about Beth's character development this episode is it happened like a light switch. She said, I'm starting to realize that you're not a great guy and that I'm exactly like you. Well, Rick said that, but look back to the Pickle Rick episode when she's just in complete denial that her dad could possibly ever lie to her. Maybe the therapist's words got to her, but assuming that it's been, say, two months since the therapy appointment, that's really fast to change your opinion of somebody so completely, to do a 180. But that bit where Summer turns inside out is where Morty just goes nuts at her. I think that would have been a big clicking moment. You're absolutely right. I actually forgot about that moment. Those three little guys stuck in the machine really took the episode away, didn't they? (laughs) (laughs) We're free! (laughs) I guess it really is hard to grasp because when you do hear, like, you know, outside interviews of what the writers think, specifically Dan Harmon, he always does keep trying to mention about, you know, therapy and mental illnesses, I guess just mental health in general. People kind of argue that that's because there's a lot of shit that's gone on in his life recently. But I also agree that Beth's reaction is a bit too much of a switch, at least with regards to accepting that she may have killed someone or just ruined their life. She seemed to be oddly okay with having killed someone. Well, we don't know for a fact that she killed him. Maybe he gave her his finger. (laughs) I believe her. I really liked the scene where she was apologizing to Tommy and she was like, oh my God, I'm my father. And then she starts butchering the little fruity land creatures. And she's like, oh my God, I'm my father. (laughs) I just thought that was a very important realization for her to make that she's her father, but it's not necessarily a bad thing, at least not for her, maybe for the people around her. All right, I had a real fucked up thought. Would it be the first time? (laughs) Okay, so we've already made three incest jokes and this is going to be the thing that's... It's not incest, it's arguably worse. (laughs) (laughs) With a preamble like that, just take it away. Please don't. Well, it's going to happen. As we mentioned before, Rick gave Beth's childhood creatures working reproductive systems... Do you think Sesame Street characters have reproductive organs? <laughs> you leave Big Bird out of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't touch Big Bird and his Big Bird. <laughs> you might as well have just asked, do you think Elmo can give head well? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask that. You asked that. But now that we're here... Elmo has a mouth. Of course he can give head. He'll feel all (laughs) filthy. God. (laughs) I have no comment on all of this. Now you're incriminated. Should have thought twice before agreeing to this. I'm really sorry, Saul and Dave. I truly am. (laughs) It's just awful. (laughs) All of it. In my defense, you guys did ask to be on, which I'm very glad you said yes, but... If you want to just hang up the call, I will understand. <laughs> I just think there's a lucrative business idea in creating a brothel with different Muppets and stuff. Uh, you know, <laughs> you could leave there with some like Elmo oh, fur on God. your dick or whatever, or, you know, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> oh, God. Who are we to judge? <laughs> Dave, you're going to stay with these guys. I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Brothels are legal in Australia, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it is, though I can't speak from personal experience. In that case, you guys go open up the Sesame Street brothel. It's going to be killer. You're going to make a fortune. I'm thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you don't make a fortune on that. In case you're worried about it, it's not gay to give a handjob if said hand is covered by a puppet. (laughs) What? Yeah, you can keep telling yourself that, but when you're walking down the street. (laughs) Oh, this gives Tickle Me Elmo a whole new meaning. (laughs) 
Joseph, this is the episode we're calling Rickle Me Elbow. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> what were we talking about again at the start? <laughs> <laughs> to reel us back in just a little bit, going back to the discussion of Beth being smart and or psychotic, Rick says Beth was a psycho kid. Beth says she asked Rick to build those toys because she wanted to be closer to him. Who do you think is telling the truth? If she asked him to build her those toys, even if this was to get closer to him, she was still asking for very specific messed up toys. I'm with you. I think Rick's got nothing to lose in lying to her. I think I believe him there. That's a decently fair assessment. <laughs> oh, I did not realize how condescending that was coming <laughs> Brandon, you should listen to yourself a little more often. I really should. But it's a good assessment. I just don't know how much Rick's apathy applies to Beth. Because she seems to be the bastion, the rock that he holds onto, which keeps him connected to himself. At least in some ways. Because, like, if it was anyone else, oh yeah, he'd lie his ass off. Let's go to something lighter-hearted. What other horrific toys did Beth ask Rick to make for her? A squanch toy for uh, all her daily squanches. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for including the title. No worries. We will be licensing these to Hasbro. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was either... It would have been really funny if Rick just pulls out deadpan a gun. <laughs> or pop rocks that make your head explode. Jesus Christ. Head explode. Good God. Or it could be pop rocks that explode. That would be less lethal, but much more painful. They are explosive in flavor. Come down to simple Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she probably asked him for a reusable chloroform rag. They're all reusable, I think. You just put more chloroform on it. What he means is a rag that never runs out of chloroform. Yes. Joseph understands me. <laughs> Joseph knows. <laughs> if she asked for that, she would also need stilts or something, since as a child, it would take a lot to get up to that dude's level. Not if she was just chloroforming children. Oh yeah, actually, that's <laughs> a very good and dark point. What if she asked him to build her a fucking mech suit? A what? A mech suit. A robot oh. that you pilot from the inside. Oh, like Gundam or something Yes. Like I totally believe that. We already saw a Gundam figure in one of the episodes. Yeah, Snowball can pilot it. Beth can pilot it. Right. who else has products? I don't really have one, but I just thought it was funny how after all the raunchy products that he was mentioning, there was like a fake police badge. And I was like, kids get that in their box of cereal. <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it was like, that's just such a regular toy. Jeez, you asked me to make you that, so now you can pretend to be the police? What a horrible child. <laughs> or just like rainbow duct tape. Yeah, you can buy that. Yeah. Yeah, they sell that at Staples. Also, what's she gonna do with a police badge? She would be, at most, a six-year-old girl. I'm an undercover cop. Yeah. Like, how would that help her? You were the one who said that these were all toys that murderers could use. No, they are. I love the insinuation of what the police badge means after he's listed all that awful shit she asked for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taffy with super glue in it. Oh, jeez. Oh, That's mean. I reckon any kid could almost make that. I don't know how you'd get it inside the taffy, well, but like you could just mix it. Well, kids eat glue. As opposed to adults who just sniff it. <laughs> All right, let's get back to... Uh... You've forgotten what show we're talking about, haven't you? Uh, Mick and Rorty. <laughs> Welcome back to our Doc and Marty podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Morty, you, you need to suck my balls. <laughs> <laughs> They put a uh, censored version on the channel, not Justin Roiland. <laughs> it's just like bleeping an Eminem song. Like, you're just left with nothing. An Eminem's? Oh. 
I went really dumb and thought you meant M&M's. Uh, that candy uh, dropped a mixtape. I don't know. I thought there was like an M&M's musical or something that I hadn't heard of. Uh, you're like the police officer from Superbad. <laughs> it, was like, it looks like M&M's. Like, so what? Like a mouth open with a gap? Circular? Yeah, I know I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'll release that for the world to hear. Any other products that children should not play with? Sandpaper dildo? Jesus oh. Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wrong, am I? You're not wrong that they shouldn't play with it. My question was, what other fucked up toys did Beth ask Rick to make for her? Well, you never said that they were toys when she was a kid. Oh. Let's oh. play with different toys. Sandpaper? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought mine was fucked up. That makes me cry a little bit. It hurts my phantom vagina. <laughs> my phantom vagina. <laughs> <laughs> we're skipping over the yeah. sandpaper dildo. We're gonna, we're gonna move on from this now, please. <laughs> Strip club music, oh yeah, I'm singing strip club music, ooh. Hey everyone, are you feeling lonely on these fucking what month is it? Is it October yet? <laughs> are you feeling lonely on these cold October nights? Well come on down to the fucking Sesame Street strip club. We got Oscar, he does some pretty dirty shit. Elmo's got a big mouth, so use your imagination for that. Who wants to get their dicks wet on Big Bird? Watch Ernie get dirty and watch Elmo get down low. Brandon wasted all his good ones before the ad started. Come down to the club with $20 in your pocket and you can see Cookie Monster dance to pour some sugar on me. Actually, you don't need singles to watch Cookie Monster, you just need a bunch of cookies. You make it rain with cookie dust. Crumbs? Yeah. Sprinkle some crumbs on his nipples. If they're peanut butter chocolate chip, you don't want to know what he'll do for those. Or maybe you do, you sick fuck. Watch Ernie and Bert confirm what we've known all along. That's our finale, where they culminate their love in front of all of us. Watch Big Bird lay a big turd on stage. <laughs> you want to see Grover fucking crawl around for all your singles? Like the filthy whore he is? <laughs> Watch the count count how many dicks he can shove in his mouth at once. That's not what they do at a strip club. Well, this is a special strip club. Also, there's no chance you'll get any STDs because they're made of felt. And if you feel perverted for doing this, this might make you feel a little better. All the funds go directly to PBS because the government won't pay them anymore for anything they do. All right, let's get off this horrible topic and onto a new one. <laughs> we got more mileage out of this than I was expecting. I know, right? Oh, God, Toby, you fucked up piece of shit. <laughs> Should we discuss Jerry and his new girlfriend who's no longer his girlfriend? What was her name? Kiara? Kiara, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did she have two of? Eyes, nostrils, hopefully not teeth. I don't know what else it could have been. Oh, no, that's just sick. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be kind of funny if we bleeped this part. <laughs> Too beep. <laughs> Just leave everything else in, though. I think Kiara and Jerry was a very good pairing because it's terrible for Jerry, but it also gives him more confidence and telekinesis. I mean, we don't know how long the telekinesis lasts. Maybe it's a thing you learn so you can use it anytime you want. He said having sex with her gives him telekinesis. Oh, you're right. 
So how long until it wears off or does it ever wear off? And at what point will the radiation she emits start making his hair fall out? I'm assuming that's where telekinesis comes from. I think that it would be kind of cool if he kept his telekinetic powers. So wouldn't Rick be getting that as well? Oh yeah, you have a very good point. I mean, I would think if Rick knew about that, Rick's probably slept with them before. Rick's never used it in any way, so I imagine it would wear off. Maybe Rick just thinks, oh, I have the smartest brain in the galaxy. I don't need telekinesis. We didn't know that he had cybernetic limbs until the Rick and Jerry episode. But yeah, I liked seeing Jerry in a rebound relationship, but at the same time, it enforced so much that he is a bottom. (laughs) I also really like the joke when Jerry was trying to break up with her, and then he's like, let's just run away. And then <laughs> everyone, including the people she was hunting, was like, ah, oh, just rip the band-aid off already. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then there was the point where Morty was like, Dad, you've just been offered an X mark, and now you're taking it. I love that joke. One thing we learn about Rick and Jerry is Rick apparently protects Jerry now. He killed Gorbalock, or whatever his name was, when he was going to kill him for sleep. Sleeping with his girlfriend. He may have done that just to sleep with a girl. Quite possibly. But he did say, looking out for you. He didn't have to kill the guy. He could have just left the guy alive and then banged Kiara. That's true. They're just behaving like a really fucked up family with one guy sleeping outside of the house. I have one more question. The big one of the episode. Did Beth leave? I think she did. There was just too awkward a pause. She was acting way too nice. Everything was completely normal in that last scene at the table. I just think that she was given the opportunity and um, she's never taken a huge risk in her life and now presented with the opportunity to just do whatever the fuck she wants to do. I think she's gone ahead and done that. It was just hilarious to me the way that it was phrased. It reminded me of a kid asking his parents to go backpack through Vietnam before he has to go to grad school or something like that. But instead, it's explore the entire dangerous universe, which has been trying to kill all of them for three seasons now. I did really like the speech Rick gave to Beth. It was, am I evil? Worse, you're smart. And what he means is, she is smart enough to come to the same conclusion that Rick did, which is, nothing really matters, what with there being an infinite amount of universes. So, why not do whatever the fuck you want? This is kind of the overarching theme of the whole show, just, if you're smart and you live in a universe where nothing matters, go have fun in it. Yeah, and this seems like the first time Beth has had a chance to cut loose since she got pregnant. She's been raising kids until now. But on the assumption that she did leave, did Rick give her some information and some technology, or has she just moved out and now she's got to come up with her own portal gun? Otherwise, she's pretty much confined to Earth, isn't she? Unless she's able to start inventing her own shit. Rick probably gave her her own portal gun, though I'm not entirely sure. He would have had to teach her how it works. It seems extremely complicated, but you never know. There you go. I mean, that episode with the big heads and Morty steals the portal gun. You can't quite figure it. So, I mean, I guess if Beth can, but she's really got to jump to a million dimensions before she finds out how to use it. Or maybe there was just a very short instructions that said, by the way, to get home, press this. And Morty was just too stupid to actually (laughs) find it. I like the idea that the portal gun has a home button. (laughs) Do you think Beth is prepared for the horrors of the universe that Morty and Summer have seen? It seems like she hasn't been on any of the adventures. To me, it doesn't feel like she's ready for, as Morty puts it, Rick-level shit. I would be very curious if Beth did end up leaving, where she would go and what she would do. As we discussed before, she's not quite as smart as Rick, so maybe she can't figure out interdimensional travel or shit like that. Then again, Rick started with no experience of the universe. She has to start somewhere, so maybe Rick sent her somewhere easy. I actually have a follow-up question that I just thought of. Do you think Morty and or Summer will find out 
that their mom has left, assuming she did. Possibly, like, during one of their adventures, they'll just come across her, but that sounds like season five shit. Yeah, I bet we're not gonna see her for a while. This will be one of those outstanding questions, like, is this Morty Rick's original Morty? That's what's interesting about this show. They kind of have plausible deniability forever. But they did show us who evil Morty was, so just the fact that they came back to that was like, oh, if they showed us who evil Morty was, it's like, maybe they will come back with this particular Beth. It's fascinating just because it seems like this show has the ability to reject its own continuity, if it so feels like it. I think it's interesting how Rick, at the end of season one, is trying to get rid of the family so he can go on adventures with Morty. And so essentially he's gotten rid of Jerry, and now he's kind of gotten rid of Beth, if we are to believe that she's truly gone. So slowly he's sort of just getting rid of characters. I think that's kind of interesting. What do you guys think? That is really interesting. If it's just Rick, Morty, and Summer... And he's fully taken over the family. Yeah. But what would be the purpose? So he can just go on adventures with him, like just Morty. Because he explains in this episode, what does a good adventure need? I don't know. Adventure, stakes, and of course, Morty. Oh yeah, he did say that. I mean, he kind of already had free domain this season, it seems like. Yeah, it doesn't seem like Beth is really going to stop him from really going on any of his adventures with Morty. She came to terms with it rather quickly. Yeah, back in the pilot. By the way, one of the people in my program sent their assignment in at 11.59 last night, and I responded to her email with the clip of Rick and Morty freaking out in the car and having their nervous breakdown (laughs) with the caption, when you send your assignment in at (laughs) 11.59. Love that scene. Why do you keep doing this to us? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I hate myself. Maybe I think I deserve to die. I don't know. I had no control of that situation whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Love that scene. I also really like the ending where Rick just goes through the portal and he's like, by the way, that wasn't time travel. I just stole a couple pizzas off a counter. I was like, hang on. There's no way we could have done that so fast. Now they're going to miss explaining how he traveled in time. It was very satisfying to see that. That bit made me laugh. I was like, oh, thank God. Oh yeah, by the way guys, if you have anything you want to promote at the end of this episode, you can like have a spot to do it. A good way to like get the word out. Is it a good way to get the word out? <laughs> to us? They might as well get some promotion out of it. No, you're absolutely right. It's just, do you really want promotion from the people who just spent 20 minutes talking about whether <laughs> Elmo has a dick? <laughs> I think we've established that he doesn't. He satisfies you in other ways. Uh, I'll maybe just like give a shout out to one of my mates who really, really loves Rick and Morty. My shout out is to Josh. You know who you are. You're awesome. There you go, your third listener. (laughs) Dave? I got nothing. Just happy to be here with you fine folk, you know? You Rick and Morty fans. It's good to be on the same page once in a while. Rick and Morty style. Ah, Oh, jeez. I wish I could do good impressions of Rick and Morty. Mine suck. It's the thought that counts. Is it, though? If you're able to talk about bestiality and incest, I think you can do whatever you want in this hour. (laughs) All right, go for it, Brandon. All right, I'll give it a shot. Oh, jeez, you killed the Simpsons, Morty. You killed the Simpsons. They're, they're a beloved American treasure. There's like 50,000 characters in the Simpsons. They did one where George Bush was their neighbor. Oh, jeez, Rick, that sure is a bad impression. <laughs> uh, I don't know if mine is any better. <laughs> you got the whininess aspect. That works in your favor. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always whiny. <laughs> I've got to go to work. So I'll leave you guys to do it. And thanks very much for having us on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. This was great. So let's discuss the promo. I am so excited for, what's his name, Keith David? Yeah, Keith David is back. Yay. You know him, he's reverse giraffe. He has a short neck and legs. He has a lovely voice. I would like him to read me to sleep every night. I have to say, I don't know how excited I am for the season finale. In part because it means we're gonna have to wait another year and a half for the next season. Even longer this time, I imagine. Yeah. 
But the other part is, it didn't look season finale worthy. That being said, it's just a promo, and I'm sure they would never reveal the meat of stuff in a promo. So it's very possible that it's gonna be excellent, and we just didn't see the excellent parts in the promo. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have a problem with the Lincoln Gladiator Slave Stadium? Oh, that was such a good joke. <laughs> if the joke had just been he didn't free all of them, that would be like, okay, that's kind of obvious. But Colosseum, implying that he had them fight to the death for his amusement. <laughs> that's a really funny joke. Horrible, but funny. I mean, I agree with Joseph that the joke in the promo was hilarious. Plot-wise, it doesn't look that great, but it's also a 15-second promo. I think there was a lot of hate over the last episode with Keith David playing the president, not because he played the president, just because the episode was a little different than their normal structure. I really liked that episode. I'm talking about the Get Schwifty episode. Yeah, I know. I liked that episode. You and two other people. I liked it, actually. I didn't think it was a super strong episode, but I thought it was better than the hate it got. I'd agree with that. Since I don't follow human beings, I have no idea how much hate it got. It was ranked pretty low on IMDb. All I can say is, it's higher than a lot of episodes for me because it deals with people's failure to recognize correlation and causation, which is a topic I really enjoy. All right, I guess we have nothing else to talk about. Quick, before Toby makes a fart noise. Thank you for listening. This has been The Daily Squanch, our non-daily Rick and Morty podcast, presented to you by Pancake Pug. If you have questions or theories you'd like to share, if you have suggestions on how we can improve the podcast, or if you'd like to invite me over for dinner so you can serve me cooked baby, you can find us on YouTube or Twitter at Pancake Pug, or on our website, PancakePugProductions.com. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, strip club music. Oh, yeah. I'm singing strip club music. Ooh, isn't this sexy? Doesn't this get you hard and or wet? Ooh, yeah, baby. Take off that top. Rub those nipples on my knees. Ooh, yeah. Finger my eye socket. Oh, everything is sexy here at the Sesame Street Strip Club. Ooh, sexy music, yeah. How much longer can I go, baby? Oh, yeah. I can sing this all night long, or at least for the next 30 seconds, because then I'll probably run out of shit to say. Oh, yeah. This is strip club music, baby. Ooh, yeah, the ooh sound makes it sexy. Oh, yeah, drop them panties, boy, and lick me all over. Give me a shave and a haircut. Uh, I am sexy and attracted to these Muppet strippers, but they're not Muppets, they're Sesame Street characters.